Hello, this is Asif Khan, Wealth Advisor with BMO Nesbitt Burns. Today is Friday, June the 12th. I hope you and your family are well. Following is a summary of this week's market developments and some related thoughts. But before I begin, thank you to all of our clients who have enjoyed this podcast and have forwarded it to their close friends and family. It means a lot. Well, this was an interesting week. After three weeks of markets heading higher, we got a bit of a correction this past Thursday. As pleasant as it was to see our accounts all get back to close to even, we do have to remember that the market does not always go up. It is actually healthy for the markets to retreat a bit and then continue marching forward. There are several reasons why the market decided to have a deeper than normal retreat. They could be several of, or a combination of the activity of amateur speculators, institutional traders, simply letting out some steam, or the potential rise in COVID-19 numbers in the United States. Most likely, it has to do something with the expiration of derivative contracts happening next Friday. Next Friday is a quadruple witching Friday, as it is referred to. Basically, there are four sets of derivatives, which are fancy and, in my opinion, absurd financial instruments, that expire and need to be rolled over into new contracts. These Fridays, which happen a few times a year, have created volatility prior to the expiry day. That being said, if we do get the markets coming down a bit more, it should prove to be a worthwhile time to add funds to your investments. Looking out a year, two, and three from now, you will be glad that you did. As for COVID-19 trends, it appears that some states, namely California, Texas, and Florida, are seeing a rise in cases. The data trend still needs to be analyzed. However, let's hope this is directly because of increased testing that these states have been able to ramp up. Additionally, many of the developed countries such as Brazil, India, and Mexico are seeing their numbers grow. The global wave began in China and surrounding countries and then to Western countries. It has now been affecting emerging countries, and they are either seeing the rise of their bell curves or, hopefully, they're seeing the top of their curves. As for the Western countries, most have now started their descent on their bell curves. The state of New York has had a few weeks of very encouraging data sets that would suggest that the virus is losing its hold. The same, God bless, can be said for Canada, which as of yesterday saw only approximately 400 new cases. This is a wonderfully low number, and let's hope we become like New Zealand soon. They were able to declare their country COVID-19 free. As for the discussion of a second wave, there is ample discussion on both sides that state that a second wave this fall is inevitable, and others say that it does not necessarily have to be so. One thing for sure is that we are better equipped and knowledgeable to deal with it if it does occur. We are quite sure that there is no appetite to shutter economies again, as was reinforced by the U.S. Treasury Secretary this week. Though creating the shutdowns perhaps was necessary on the first occurrence of the virus, the expense of closing down for governments and corporations is much too high. As said earlier, there is now more understanding on the effectiveness of protective measures. We have more PPE, protective equipment such as masks, and the acceptance and knowledge that wearing masks and washing hands is the best path to controlling the spread of the virus. Japan is the standard here. They were able to keep much of their economy running and keep their COVID-19 numbers rather low while instructing their citizens to wear masks when interacting. Bottom line for an all-clear is that we need U.S. COVID-19 data trends to get lower, and we need a vaccine or working therapeutics. Encouraging is that the U.S. is trending in the right direction overall and that there are many companies working on the vaccine and therapeutics. 
Apparently, many healthcare workers have been finding some great working drug combinations, and we are seeing less and less serious hospitalizations and deaths from this virus. As for vaccine development, Johnson and Johnson is set to start their vaccine tests on people this coming week, and Moderna is on target to start their stage three trial soon. As for other encouraging sets of news, we have heard that Ford plans to bring its plants back to near full production by July 6th. Many U.S. and Canadian automakers have resumed production starting this past May and June. The movie chain AMC in the United States plans to open 90% or 95% of all of its theaters in July, and Disneyland in California is slated to reopen in mid-July, though there is a movement to have them delay that. Hollywood is getting back to TV and movie production with physical distancing protocols. I think that many of us have binge-watched all that TV has produced over the last three months, so we definitely need some new TV shows. Major League Soccer is set to return with a World Cup-style tournament in the second week of July, and as I mentioned last week, the NBA comes back on July 31st with an exciting eight-game and playoff format. They will be playing all of their games in Orlando, so it should make for an exciting hoops-watching for the month of July, August, and September. Let's hope we get the NHL dates soon as well. We read a survey online from TheHustle.com. They asked their readers what kind of activities they were up to the last couple of weeks. The answers were 38% of readers have eaten out at a restaurant, not takeout or delivery. 19% have worked in a group office setting. 30% have shopped at a, at a non-essential retailer or mall. 33% got a haircut from a professional. 52% have attended a gathering of five or more people. All in all, the neat thing about technology and all this real-time data is that we can get some real-time examples of economies rebounding. These info bits come from the data from mobility stats, restaurant reservations, airline passenger tallies, and credit card charges, to name but a few. These data sets are continuing to generally show a grinding recovery from April lows. In addition to the positive side, exports from South Korea in the first 10 days of June jumped 20% year-over-year, while a U.S. consumer sentiment report showed a pop of 9% in early June. On the downside, jobless claims remained grotesquely elevated last week, albeit down somewhat. So how does this all affect our investments and our financial plans? The fact that the S&P 500 gained 40% in just 50 days, even as the economy falls into a severe recession, should give most investors pause when they consider trying to time the market. You may have heard the saying, it's time in the market, not timing the market, and the last few months have lent credence to this statement. When the coronavirus first emerged and the lockdowns began, it was difficult to foresee the sheer extent of stimulus that the governments and central banks would provide to keep economies and markets functioning. Those who remain invested benefited from those measures. That said, there are no guarantees on how markets will react in the future, as we saw uh, during yesterday's strong and sudden decline. What we can be sure of is that missing such sudden moves to the upside can greatly hurt a portfolio. That's why we believe in being patient and staying committed to your investment plan. To close, we wanted to share an email that we received from a client this week. This is our raison d'etre as investment advisors, and getting emails like this makes our day. His email read, Thanks for guiding me with my money and portfolio while I was panicking. It was good that we remained invested in the market. I also appreciate your feedback about investing more at that time. No doubt I was panicking. Thank you. As always, we are happy to discuss your investment and financial plans. Please do not hesitate to contact us. My number is 416-725-9133. 
And Austin's is 416-709-7879. Signing off for the both of us, Austin Khan and myself. Have a great weekend. Hello? Are you still listening? Great. Thought I would use the last few seconds to give you an update on what's been going on in the Khan household. First, Austin has become a master self-barber. He's either got a handle on some underground hairdresser or he's become proficient at the use of clippers and looking in a mirror to cut the back of his hair. Austin's eldest daughter was set to get married in the beginning of this month. That's been put on hold until at least we can get a reasonable amount of folks together to hold a small reception. His daughter also got some wonderful news after finishing teacher's college, a full-time teaching contract for September. Austin's eldest son has also started his career in banking. Maybe he joins us someday. I will give you some more updates soon. I got to get to the garden and get some of those pesky weeds out. Be well.